This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It's time to talk a little NFL football as we do each and every Tuesday. Let's get out to the zone phone. He makes the magic happen at profootballnetwork.com. Also uh, part of Locked On NFL podcast, he's Matt Williamson. In fact, hit it, Lloyd. This is your NFL Insider Report on the Zone Sports Network. Now, joining the big show from Locked On NFL, Matt Williamson on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Matt, how you doing? Wow, I like the intro. Yeah, you guys right? are stepping up. Nice <laughs> yeah. stuff. We got the we got the big voice guy to work. That's always uh, uh, you know <laughs> we got him working on something. It sounds pretty good. I like it. I love it. Good work. Awesome. Well, thanks for jumping on with us. Let's uh, let's talk. Uh, jump right into it. Talk a little NFL football with this one. Who's the best team in the league right now? You know what? I put out a power ranks uh, just finished up, and I have the Chiefs still at one. People like to call me a Steelers homer, and I work close with the team, and I'm here in Pittsburgh my whole life. But I think the champs are number one. I mean, they've had a a little hiccup against the Raiders. The Chargers played them close, but. They blew out the Ravens. They're making it look easy more weeks than not. That's hard to do in this league. And Mahomes is unbelievable. And, hey, they're the champs. You know, uh, Matt, I asked that same question of Jake recently. I think it was yesterday, wasn't it, Jake? Yeah, Did you, didn't so. you say the Seahawks? I, I, I said that was my hot take of the day, the Seahawks. Because, uh, okay. well, they're, okay. they're playing great. And Russell Wilson's on, on another level right now. I don't disagree with you on Russell Wilson. And I think there's – five teams that are kind of setting themselves apart. The two I mentioned, Seattle, still Baltimore, and Tampa, although they didn't look great last night. You know, I, I, explain something to me, will you, Matt? Because because you're a personnel guy. You know about these things. But how does a guy like uh, a, fe- that, uh, a fellow uh, receiver in Seattle that goes by the initials DK suddenly turn into a superhero with jetpacks on his feet? I mean, has he always been? Has he always been like this? And I wasn't paying close enough attention, or does he seem like he's faster and bigger than he's ever been? Sort of. I mean, I think that some of us scouts and scouting in general can overthink things. I mean, I of my fourteen-year-old son is they were picking up teams on at recess. DK Metcalf first pick. And maybe that's, that's the question right there. That this guy should not fall to the second round. But he did have some health concerns. Matt, if you can hear us, let's, Matt, uh, can we put yeah. you on hold for a second? We're, we're having a little connection problem. Lloyd, do you mind uh, maybe we reconnect with Matt and, and see if we can get a, a little bit better uh, connection there? Uh, there, Jake. What's that, buddy? I caught about half of what uh, Matt said. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was saying. Let's let's throw him on hold real quick and and see if we can't uh, figure it out to get a, a little bit uh, better connection. Uh, there's a lot of stuff to get to uh, in the NFL. Well, it's been a really fascinating NFL season, Gordon. A lot of unexpected stuff. One question I want to run by Matt is: I just saw in a recent mock draft that came out today. 
Uh, guess who they have the Patriots taken with the ninth pick in the first round of the draft? Jake Bentley. A fellow by the name of Zach Wilson. <laughs> well, I told you Yahoo Sports had him at six the other day. I wouldn't but, want to go to the Patriots, though, to be honest with you, if I were Zach Wilson. Uh, in fact, uh, Gordon, why don't you reset your question for Matt? Uh, Matt, hopefully we've got a little bit better connection. Yeah, sorry, Matt. You were breaking up on us there a little bit, but I was wondering what you thought about Zach Wilson's rise on these mock drafts. Of course, we're interested in him because BYU is obviously here in our market. But uh, uh, Zach Wilson, have you seen this kid? And do you think he's an NFL-type quarterback? I I wish I could answer your question. I apologize. I mean, we haven't been doing this long, but I I don't have – I'm an NFL scout until draft time. Uh, So I've heard all kinds of great buzz about him. I don't want to talk out the side of my mouth without watching them, but people I trust are raving about them. And frankly, you guys probably know more about them than I do, but I can't wait to dig into a stake. So we're following the Raiders uh, a little bit more closely around here with them yeah. now in, in Vegas and uh, this station, we're actually carrying all of, uh, all of the Raider games and you don't have to watch many of them to uh, realize that they don't play, you know, this thing called defense. But yet they still managed to hold the Browns to six points, which I was just blown away by. And now apparently uh, Odell Beckham uh, is leaving the team. What on earth is going on in Cleveland? Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure that that was ever a great marriage between, you know, Odell and the team and the town and the way they need to play the game. Um, he very well could be on his way out. He may be more disruptive than he's worth. I think that the Giants, you can say what you want about their front office and whatnot, but I think they wanted Odell out of the building before they brought Daniel Jones in just because, you know, he can be disruptive to young quarterbacks and whatnot. But the Browns, to me, have to play a certain way. And I also found it kind of odd. I mean, I was a scout for the Browns that – that they would draft Baker Mayfield first overall, considering the town that they play in. I mean, even on a nice day, it's windy by the lake, let alone when it's nasty and we saw the weather this past week. That's not Mayfield's game. I mean, he's got smaller hands. He doesn't drive the ball through the wind. I think the elements of his the town he plays in will always be a problem for Mayfield. And surprisingly, well, I guess maybe not surprisingly, you know, the Raiders were the more physical team. They, they took the, the persona of their coach, Gruden, and, you know, on Josh Jacobs' shoulder on a, shoulders on a really nasty day, they ran the ball better. And they were the better team. I think they're the better team, you know, seven out of ten times against the Browns. And I think that that, that game's going to have massive playoff implications because I have a feeling one of those two teams could be the seventh seed in the AFC. So we have this uh, running uh, bet that we we make our picks every week. Uh, we pick a certain game. We pick a winner, and uh, we, the the uh, the <laughs> the consequences for these picks are rather embarrassing for us. So what do I do, Matt? I pick the Packers to beat the Vikings. Why? Because they always beat the Vikings. At least they beat <laughs> them three or four straight times, and then they go out and lose to the Vikings. What? What do you make of the Packers right now? It's just just sort of a work in progress. You can't draw conclusions at this point, or is there is there something uh, that is uh, amiss? I think there's some issues. I mean, first of all, Aaron Rodgers is playing terrific. He's not the problem. Clearly, he's much better now. He's much more comfortable in the system. 
But back to their draft, you know, they didn't give him another weapon. I mean, they need one more receiver. I'm shocked they didn't add that guy at the trade deadline today. That's a little shocking to me. And now they might have to play on Thursday night without any running backs because of the COVID situation and injuries, which is going to be nuts. But the biggest problem to me with them is their defense is very, very soft. You know, they play the run on the way to the quarterback, and they they make some big plays with their aggressive upfield nature. But teams like the Niners, the Vikings, these zone-heavy Shanahan-type teams just gash them on the ground. I mean, they just create huge holes, and they're not very physical at the point of attack. Uh, I think that they are fundamentally flawed. Matt, I want to ask you about Sam Darnold. And we, uh, Gordon and I covered him in, in college when he played at USC in, in the Pac-12. And uh, obviously he had a very good college career. And now he goes to the Jets. And the Jets made some trades this week. It would appear they're waving the white flag. I know Adam Gay says they're not, but let's be honest. If they, sure. do, uh, if they do get the number one pick in the draft, uh, how much can they get for Sam Darnold? And do you think he is a starter in the NFL? I'm a big Darnold guy. And I think that... He too, I mean, there, there's a saying out there that I very much believe in, that it takes a village to raise a quarterback. And his village has been on fire since day one. He didn't go to a good village. And he had some flaws coming out of USC, which you guys probably recognize, which are strengths and weaknesses in terms of he's very aggressive. He's not afraid to put the ball in harm's way. I don't want to use the Jameis Winston comparison but it's in that realm, and Winston's an extreme example, obviously, of those type of quarterbacks. But he was first overall pick. I mean, don't forget about what kind of pedigree Winston has. But I feel like Darnold, if he could go to Tampa, Indy, Pittsburgh, you know, maybe take one step back for a year, learn behind an all-time great, settle down, take some pressure off your shoulders, that he could eventually be a franchise quarterback. And I don't use that term loosely at all. I think getting him out of New York would probably be right. I think taking Lawrence would be the move. I think they'll earn that pick because they're a terrible team right now. But I would think you get a second and a fifth, something like that. I think you're going to get something pretty decent for him. But the problem is you got to pay him soon. So let's say it's the Steelers or Tampa or one of those type of teams it's hard to pay Ben and Brady and then give Darnold a big contract, too. I mean, that's a lot of money in your quarterback room. Matt Williamson. Oh, sorry, Gordon. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I want to ask you about the game that took place between the, 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 the Rams and the Dolphins uh, and the quarterback play. Tua obviously uh, uh, promoted to the starting position and uh, winning the game, but not really looking very uh, impressive. And uh, and Jared Goff, I mean, is explain to me your position on these two quarterbacks and what we're looking at here with them. Are they good, bad, indifferent? You can't tell yet. What? A very strange game, first of all. I, I mean, the Rams offense put up massive yardage they were much better on a per play basis the 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 dolphins won the game going away but two or through for like 90 yards and they ran for like 50 i mean like these kind of it was a very unique game i mean the dolphins scored a touchdown on offense defense and special teams like 
that's not a sustainable formula. And frankly, I felt like the Rams lost the game more than Miami won it. And Miami's defense is good, and they pressured Goff and made him uncomfortable. And to answer your question about him, I kind of consider Goff a fair-weather quarterback. When things are nice and the pocket's pretty clean, and he can carve you up. I mean, he can throw the football really well. He looks like the first overall pick when those things are going that way. But when he's uncomfortable and not seeing things clearly and has a muddy pocket and is getting hit consistently, he's far less of that. I mean, he's half of the player. He, he drastically changes more than other quarterbacks. As for Tua, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't think he was very good in that game. There's a lot of buzz with them. Boy, they won with Tua, but they didn't win because of Tua. They won despite Tua in that game. And that's a good defense, and Aaron Donald was in his lap over and over. So I'm going to reserve judgment on Tua. I think he needs to be – he needs to pattern his game off after Drew Brees. You know, a light-footed, quick-twitch quick passer, um, rhythm, timing, play action – uh, he's not going to be a drive-it-through-the-wind, big-power-arm type guy. He's not an elite runner, but he's a good runner. So I'm interested, but um, I didn't think he was great in his debut. Matt, uh, talk about uh, Kyler Murray and the Cardinals. I, I I I was down on he and Cliff Kingsbury last year. I was skeptical uh, that it was going to work. I didn't think Cliff was very good at Texas Tech. Uh, Kyler Murray is kind of that new school quarterback, but so small. I, I I thought that that would work against him, and it would appear I've been kind of wrong on both. I mean, they're five and two. Yeah, I think that's a little inflated. It's funny because we just talked about Miami, and I put up my power ranks, and Arizona fans and Miami fans, and they happen to play this weekend. Or both giving me a hard time. Like, you're not putting our teams high enough. They're, they're a contender. I'm like, eh. Both these teams were a year or two removed from being as bad a team as there is in the NFL. I think both those teams are trending the right direction, but aren't contenders yet. I've been impressed with Kingsbury. I was skeptical like you when they made the hire. Like, I, I thought he adapted his system as he learned as a rookie head coach and is doing a pretty decent job. And Kyler Murray's been up and down as a passer this year. He's a ridiculously good runner. But I would be buying stock left and right in Kyler Murray. I think he's in a good situation. Going to get Hopkins helps him tremendously. I think him and Kingsbury are growing together, which is what you want from a young head coach-quarterback combination. And I think Murray's a very good passer of the football. We just haven't seen it a lot this year. Matt, going back to uh, your answer to the question when I asked you about Tua and Goff, and you talked about the pressure, if you pressure Goff and how he struggles. So let me ask you a mm-hmm. philosophical question. If you were coordinating a defense and you were going up against a, a, a quality quarterback, do you drop guys back into coverage? Do you uh, take some resources and put them there? Or do you pressure a guy like that to try and hurry him up? It's very different depending on the quarterback. I mean, like, we're really seeing an example with Pat Mahomes, you know, who many think is, you know, everyone knows how good he is. The the blueprint on him this year, and that might not be the right word, is we are not going to pressure him. And in his young career, he has killed the blitz. So we're going to sometimes even rush three. We're going to make him sit there and pat the football in the the pocket, try to find uh, where the extra coverage guy is, don't get beat over the top. 
make an aggressive guy like him, dump it down, sustain 10, 12 play drives. And some of those quarterbacks just don't have the patience to do it. You know, they want to make the big play. They want to make the splash play. And in the end, you know, they don't drop a lot of long touchdowns on you and you're in it in the end and you hope you get a bounce and see how it goes. A guy like Goff, you come after, you hit him, and, you know, he doesn't play that. He, he doesn't do it well. He doesn't handle the pressure well. So I think it's different, you know, week to week, and all these coordinators are trying to figure that out. You know, like Josh Allen's a really good example. He started the game. Looks like we uh, we lost Matt, and uh, we were nearing the end anyway. So, Lloyd, if you want to tell Matt, uh, we really appreciate him jumping on with us as always. We'll catch up with him coming up next week. Matt's been great, by the way. Uh, Gordon, it's been fun talking a little bit more NFL, and uh, it, you know, glad the NFL is playing. It's been a wild season so far, and he's really knowledgeable. Yeah, he's I great. Mean, he's been around, and you, you can tell from his answers that he's been on the inside. Can you believe the Browns? I mean, we should never doubt that they're going to be like they're going to find a way to blow it or whatever. But I, <laughs> I, I, I could not believe that. You think that the the Browns are bringing a decent team? They were five and two. Hosting the Raiders, who've played better than expected, uh, I, I would say. But uh, the Raiders have not stopped anybody all year long. Their defense has absolutely been their problem. And the Browns yeah, can only put conditions. up six it, points. It was, it was bad. The conditions True. were terrible. Fair enough. But, hey, the Raiders put up 16. I mean, six is so low. It's funny. Yeah, it, when, it we were, when we were watching, uh, my, as you know, my daughters are sports fans, and uh, one of them was watching uh, the Browns, and she said, Wow, the Browns have, uh, have that good a record, you know, before that game ended. And uh, she said, that's not like them. And I, I thought, amen, that's, that's pretty much the way everyone, darn near everyone thinks about that franchise. You know, the NFL, I think, is the most, is the sport that it's most unforgivable to be consistently bad. <laughs> Seriously, because you can get better in an offseason in the NFL. We've seen it a bunch. You can get worse, too. I mean, look at the, the Super Bowl curse. You know, if you lose the Super Bowl, you're going to be terrible the next year, or at least not make the playoffs. But you can you can turn it around in the shortest amount of time. Like the NBA, we're talking about developing players and uh, them getting better and better, and you kind of peak. The NFL, the, the contracts are so short-term and not guaranteed. I mean, you could really turn it over pretty quick. That's why yes. franchises like the Jets – and the Browns and the Dolphins uh, that have just been so terrible for so long. It's, it's just inexcusable. It, you know, they've got to do studies on those franchises. Like, let, let's take a look at this and do exactly the opposite. Because <laughs> they're either trying to be terrible or completely are inept. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. It's true. How can you not be good for 20 years in the NFL? Like, not I, I, accidentally I have a good year. Well, yeah, that's where that's saying worst to first. I mean, in the NFL, that seems to happen uh, quicker, like you were talking about, than, than any other pro league I can think of. So, and, you know, maybe. So for, you to, for you to remain bad, somebody's making bad decisions. Right. And a lot of that probably has bad decisions on, on quarterbacks in particular. You know, you just go with the wrong guy. NBA example, I mean, we constantly see the Sacramento Kings take the wrong guy in the draft. I mean, you'd think you'd draft at the top of the draft that often that you'd accidentally get a difference maker, and yet they seem to blow it every year. I mean, the Browns, you know, they take a flyer on Baker Mayfield, and it's just like, wow, I mean, that may be okay, but there's a lot of risks there considering the last franchise quarterback you drafted was Johnny Manziel. 
Huh. You know, it's yeah. okay to take the safe pick once in a while. Sorry, I got some construction going on in the background. Sorry for the banging noises. Kind of sounds like whipping. Uh, I think it might be a staple gun. I'm not 100% sure. Uh, Lisa, anyway. Lisa, hard at work. Tell her to make sure she's got her hard hat on, would you? Uh, hey, honey, you missed a spot there. <laughs> Stay tuned. We'll have more Big Show coming up. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is DJ and PK. The question of the morning, BYU, now firmly inside the top 10 in the polls. Where can they top out at? How high can they go, PK? I'm not talking about BYU getting into the playoff. I just don't see that. I just don't see where they're going to allow it. But I view Boise and San Diego State as solid tests. If they win both these games, those are huge wins, and they should move up. Now, obviously, if they lose, that puts a major dent in it. It's like the balloon is out of air. If BYU wins, wins out and beats these two very good ball clubs and gets a nice P5 opponent in a bowl game and wins that. If I'm a BYU fan, I'm good to go. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. out of Frazier, little James Brown living in America on a Total Request Tuesday. Our theme today uh, songs about America. Or, you know, by the band America, like you requested a song. You know, America. Sure. The Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It's election day. It is election day. Hope everybody voted. Seems like, uh, I, I don't know, uh, Gordon, I, I just follow it really around here, but it seems like it's going pretty smoothly. Uh, in this state, which is is probably to be expected because we've been doing mail-in voting for a, for a minute now. So we've 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 practiced, so to speak. But I, d- I did see that we've already got more votes in than we ever had in this state, which is pretty yeah. good. Yeah, that's always good when when most people participate in what I consider their right and their duty. I know how you feel about voting. You've always been a strong advocate. Correct. Yes, absolutely. I would encourage everybody to. Uh, I mean, it's really our. I mean, it's our right, but it's it's kind of the uh, our way to change. You know, our way to affect things as an individual. Something that we all have a right to express our opinion uh, in a really in a way that really matters. You've always said that if uh, if if you don't vote, you have no right to complain. That's been my uh, theory. Yeah. If you if you don't vote, you can't complain. Absolutely. So I'll complain mightily, thank you. It's the whole reason I vote, so I can complain. <laughs> so I can just complain until my wife tells me to shut up. Just because you want a certain person as a, the, our, our next uh, first lady? Yes, I want Kim Kardashian as our next first lady. That's true. Uh, no, I, I actually think, you know, it, it's it's almost sad that we get these great turnouts with presidential elections because really it's the it's the small elections that matter the most to your daily life. And so I wish, uh, you know, every election cycle would have this type of turnout because it, it does. It really it really matters to your local your local stuff. You may, you know, not even uh, uh, look over some of those smaller races, but you really should because that's the stuff that matters. 
A lot of sure the stuff does. that matters. And I think a lot of people are energized this particular year. Again, forgive the construction in the background. But anyway, uh, it, this seems to be a year where a lot of people feel strongly one way or the other. <laughs> <laughs> Honey, come on. Don't make so much noise. Sheesh. Oh, I'm kidding. Oh, I'm kidding. Boy. But anyway, I'm glad things are going smoothly around here, or so it would seem. I've been trying yeah. to follow the local news a little bit. And are you going to watch all the all the coverage? Uh, uh, you know, I've seen people who have said that a lot of elections don't get decided uh, immediately. In my lifetime, it seems like most elections, presidential elections, you sort of have a pretty good idea who won. By by the uh, by the end of the night, uh, of course we all remember what happened with uh, Gore. What was it twenty years ago now? How long ago was yeah. that one? Mm-hmm. Bush v. Uh, so, Gore. Yeah, I can't believe that was that long ago. Yeah, it doesn't feel years, that long ago. Yeah. yeah, so I mean, so it's it, there are times when it does get prolonged, but uh, I, I I would like to have an answer tonight. Can we, you know, while we're young, can we get can we get the decision? I don't know if we will. I don't know how long this is going to take. It depends on how close it's going to be, I guess. Well, I, th- I think, you know, with so many states adapting to mail-in voting and that sort of thing, not, you know, states not like Utah that have been doing it for a while, I think it might take a little longer to count. And from some stories I've seen, uh, especially in, uh, like, what is it, Pennsylvania, it's kind of been controversial because apparently they're planning on taking it taking a while in that state. So I think some well, unique it, circumstances right. may make this, this time a little bit different. But get yeah. it right. Your point yeah. right there. That's that's mm. number one. Yeah. Make sure it's accurate. So that, and of course that was the problem uh, uh, in the Bush Gore election, right? Is that there was so much controversy about whether or whether whether it was or whether it was not done right in Florida. Hanging chads. The hanging yeah, chads. Hanging chads. Yeah, oh my stuff. gosh. I don't want to so, hear about that. Yeah. So get it right. That's the most important thing. And uh, yeah, yeah. I, I I haven't decided if I'm going to watch all night tonight. I can't decide. I if will. That's a waste I will. Of time. I can't. I, I can't. I can't resist. I got to check in. Uh, I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I have my own opinions, and I've sort of given hints here and there about such things uh, on the air. But uh, I do get frustrated when I see mischaracterizations on anyone's part about one candidate or another. You know, I mean, I really have a longing for the truth, and I think I can handle it. Uh, I, I, I hate. It really bothers me dishonesty on a regular basis, and and when I see people uh, distorting things and saying things that aren't necessarily true, whether you're whether it's a candidate or whether it's a uh, a, a newscaster or a commentator, maybe commentary commentary I can handle a little better uh, better because that's what you and I do, and sometimes it's if it's an opinion, it's an opinion. But uh, when when facts are distorted and changed, then then it gets frustrating to me, and I don't really enjoy watching that. So I'd I'd, I'd like to get the straight scoop if I could, if I can somehow manage that. <laughs> the problem luck. is that these days. <laughs> Good luck. Let me know if that like happens for you. There's an angle, but well, uh, anyway, I will to... I will watch some. I, Lloyd, you gonna watch some? Uh, no, I think I'm not going to tonight. Normally I do. I just think I'll read about it in the morning. Uh, That'll be the first thing I'll do in the morning. Yeah. I'm... Won't you, won't you be, isn't the curiosity going to get you a little bit? No, no. no? Plus Lloyd uh, and I can't stay up uh, after that many beers. I mean, it's just, 
Just impossible. Is there a drinking game to go along with uh, the I think if you did a drinking game to this, you probably wouldn't make it in tomorrow. (laughs) It's probably true. (laughs) Hey, just to make uh, this uh, sporty, productive a little bit, this segment, Gordon, uh, you asked Matt Williamson about uh, Zach Wilson as Uh far as uh, being an NFL prospect. Uh, How much can Zach Wilson do for himself and his reputation, do you think, in uh, in this Boise game? Oh, I think it's really, really important for him. He's gotten the attention of of these scouts. However, uh, they are they are noticing the level of competition, and most of the evaluations of him I've seen have brought that up at one point or another. But the one I just w- was uh, mentioning uh, with Matt and you is uh, they say he's a mix of uh, Johnny Manziel and I forget who the other one was because I don't have it in front of me right now, but he said it's he's he's the better parts of these kinds of players, and uh, he's more accurate, they seem to think. that That's the big thing about him. He is impressed with his accuracy. And, you know, in the NFL, you got to have a strong enough arm, man, but if you're not accurate, you're not getting in the game. At least you're not going to stay in the game. So, yeah, he's ninth in that mock draft. You said you saw one recently that had him sixth. Yeah, Yahoo Sports. Yeah, so that's, he is getting the attention of folks. And I think the fact that he doesn't throw interceptions, I mean, he, he finally did the other night. But, uh, you know, generally speaking, he's not real sloppy with the ball. And last year he did have that problem, and it cost the Cougars uh, dearly, uh, certainly against uh, San Diego State. He seems to have been avoiding those kinds of things. And I don't even really hold interceptions against quarterbacks so badly because man, to play quarterback, you've got to trust your receivers. You've got to be willing to lay the ball out there and let them go get it. And sometimes something goes wrong, and it might not be a quarterback's fault. But if you're consistently overthrowing guys and consistently missing open receivers, no one's going to – they won't abide that in the NFL, that's for sure. And I think – Zach is showing that he's capable in that regard. Yeah, the accuracy thing is huge. I mean, you have to have a, a baseline uh, arm strength, I think. But, the, you know, I would guess if you asked NFL uh, coaches which is more important, accuracy is more important than arm strength. I mean, look at Lloyd's Raiders who drafted Jamarcus Russell. What was the what was the legend about him, Lloyd? That He, he could, could throw a ball 60 yards from one knee. From his knee. That's right. <laughs> that, that's right. But uh, who and knew? And Al Davis is like, well, let's draft him. <laughs> <laughs> who knows what county that ball is going to end up in? <laughs> But, exactly. but he can throw it from uh, from one knee. Maybe I mean, three counties to the right. I mean, I, I, I think Tom Brady is the ultimate example of this, uh, right? Um, he's, you know, he probably slid to the sixth round uh, when he did for the Patriots because he didn't have that flashy combine rattling arm. Uh, but his accuracy has probably been the best ever. Yeah, yeah, uh, I agree with that. And uh, he, he has shown what he can do. When you go back and I know you don't like him. But when you go back and look at the statistics and the things that he he's done through his career, it is so very impressive for a guy who isn't particularly overwhelming physically. Yeah. Can I ask you something I was thinking about today? Because yeah. I I asked Matt Williamson about uh, about Sam Darnold and whether or not he was a starter in the uh, in the NFL. Uh-huh. For all the love that USC quarterbacks get before and during college, why do they all suck in the pros? <laughs> Okay, so you're talking about uh, who are you talking about specifically? Name them. Carson Palmer didn't suck, did he? Okay, but that was a thousand years ago. 
He Ron McBride beat Carson Palmer in a bowl game with the. Yeah, Utes. I remember that. Yeah, Who, and then I think didn't SC only score like six points in yeah. that game? So okay, so you got me with Carson, but but that okay. was why they were when they were starting their role, and all of a sudden the USC quarterback was the most popular celebrity in Hollywood, and then they all go to the NFL and stink. Well, they didn't have an NFL team in LA during that period of time. Remember. Well, stay focused on the question. Uh, yeah. Uh, who was the dude? I forget his name right now. It's slipping my mind that stuck around. Matt Matt Barkley? Matt Barkley. Oh, that that was not good. It cost him. He cost himself a lot of money. Although, I don't know. Maybe he's making more there. They are historically the bad. But yeah. John David Booty, remember that guy? Nowhere. Yeah. You could go back as far as Todd Marinovich. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Todd Marinovich. Oh, my gosh. What a sad tale that was. Mark Sanchez? Yeah. Mr. Butt yeah. Fumble himself. Yeah, right down to Matt Leinert. They all get all this hype at <laughs> USC, and then they all stink. <laughs> I mean, everybody for a moment said, well, Matt Castle's kind of good. Well, he didn't even play at USC, and no, he's not. <laughs> in fact, there's more USC quarter- quarterbacks, like, in the broadcast booth than there are on the field. Correct. Mm. So, I, I, you know, I... I'm pulling for Sam Darnold. Speaking, he speaking was good of at Matt, USC, but they all stink. Of, speaking of Matt Liner, have you noticed, have you seen the Fox uh, uh, board of, uh, you know, the four guys that are on there, five? I can't remember. Yeah, what is it? Are. Reggie Bush, Matt Liner, Urban Meyer, and who's the, uh, who's the other? I forget the other guy. But uh, it's so funny to me because, first of all, Urban Meyer is like, he's, he's like the 900-pound gorilla, right, sitting on the one side. And he lets all the other guys banter back and forth. And Matt Leinart in particular likes to talk a lot. And they, they all talk. And then finally Urban steps in and, and you know, he's kind of like the Pope. All of a sudden he's, he says something and then everybody goes, he's like E.F. Hutton. And everyone stops and says, wait a second. Yeah, I think he knows a little more about it. Than oh, yeah, Brady Quinn's the other one. It's Matt Leinart, Urban Meyer, yeah. Reggie Bush, and Brady Quinn. Yeah, yeah. so anyway, I just... Well, Matt Leinart is uh, making a career for himself, even though it's not as a quarterback. Have you ever talked to Norm Chow about him? Uh, no, I don't think so. I wonder what Norm thought about his potential uh, in the NFL moving forward. Because, I mean, Norm knows a little something about well, it, even though you're not going to give him any credit for Phil, Philip Rivers. Well, we know the answer to that, Gordon, without even having to talk to Norm. What, Do you what remember what Norm's next job after the USC job was? What? He was the offensive coordinator of the Tennessee Titans. That's right. Who had the opportunity to draft either Vince Young or Matt Leinart, and they picked? Vince Young. Yeah. They did. So I maybe there's your the, answer did, right there. I did mention uh, to Norm, I asked him about what his experience was like in the NFL, and he said, he just rubbed his his uh, fingers and his thumb together and said, "It's all about the money. It's all about the money. That's what they care about." Uh, is that breaking news to you? No, but the way he said it emphasized it even more. So anyway, I can't answer your question. I do know that the quarterback they have there now is going to make a great pro. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. I bet you'll write a column Mr. about Slovis it. Mr. Slovis is uh-uh. going <laughs> to he's going to have a terrific career and go on to, to great things. I don't know, a friend of mine. Who was his who was his coach in high school? Who was who's the real famous uh, quarterback who was helping him along? John Beck? 
Did he drive? No. Uh, did he drive uh, <laughs> twenty-one out of twenty-four hours a day, to, uh, every day, just to work out with him uh, across the country? And then return home in the same day. Uh, the same day, actually added hours to the day magically to make the thing happen. No, I mean that's uh, he. Uh, that was the key to his uh, his uh, success was uh, the, those. Uh, those long drives and the meetings with John Beck and the long drive home to think about it. And meanwhile, the guys who are coaching him down at BYU are getting no credit for his accomplishments. None. Why would they? I wonder how A-Rod feels about that. <laughs> I bet it makes him grumpy. Yeah. Well, you know. Help, help me remember the guy. Who was it who was working with Keaton Slovis in high school? Uh, Bernie Kozar. It was Kurt Warner, I think, wasn't it? Uh, I I don't know. I think it was Ken O'Brien. No, it was Kurt Warner. No, it wasn't Bernie. It was Vinny. Vinny oh, it was Vinny Testaverde. <laughs> yes. Oh, is that, uh, is that who Bernie Kozar. Oh, man. That is reaching back. Jim Kelly, maybe. No, Kurt Warner. I was just trying to think. <laughs> oh, no, he is. He he won that battle. Shout out to you Jim we Kelly. Were- we were talking about uh, backstories that we get tired of hearing. You remember, we yeah. did a whole show on that. Uh, uh, national week. narratives, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, narratives. Well, for Kurt Warner, it had to be that he was bagging groceries, right? Or <laughs> that, yes. Yes, that or he played in the AFL. Yeah. Or the arena, yeah. the arena league. Uh, yeah. Yeah, didn't he work for Albertsons? If something like that. For like bagging Albertsons. groceries. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right, we've got Not Sports Poor coming up next. Bowler at 5, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Take The Zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of The Zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go. We'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, the Zone, and the Zone Sports Network. Your not sports report on 97.5, 1280, the Zone, and the Zone Sports Network. And I'm proud to be an American. Big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time for the Not Sports Report, brought to you by the LHM Used Car Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles in inventory. Check them out, lhmusedcars.com. Gordon, where are we going today? I got two items for today's Not Sports Report. But before I get to that, I want to reemphasize what I said before. Today's election day. I hope everybody voted. If you haven't voted, is there still time, Jake? I guess people can still go vote. Yeah, so, what time do polls close around here at 7, uh, I think? Does that sound I'm right? I'm not sure. But uh, if, you, if you waited this long, then you got to do it in person, but go get it done. All right. Uh, my first item is, did you like uh, the show Married with Children? Uh, kind of. I mean, it was right in my wheelhouse of uh, television watching growing up, but I, I wasn't a dedicated fan. I, re- I saw a story today that talked about Ed O'Neill, who, who played uh, the lead uh, Al Bundy character. I saw it. And yep. well, did you see that? And he was uh, eight seasons in, 
it came time to renegotiate his contract or to negotiate his contract. And the show executives uh, had signed everybody else in the cast. And so they were trying to get him to sign. And he, his agent was telling him, don't do it, just wait. And so that's what he did. He essentially said, ah, I'm not signing. And so the executives, you know, eventually came to him and, and uh, bowed to his wishes. And his agent even said, uh, by the way, uh, he, he wants this much, and he, he needs a, a new Porsche. It's Brunel's Porsche. A Porsche. He said there's a black Porsche coupe with wire Brunel's wheels Porsche. in Burbank. They only have one Porsche. They, they, were, they, they have a brand-new black Porsche Carrera 4 for sale down there, and the executive was all mad. But what did he do? He went out and bought him the car. So I, I thought that was interesting. Now, that that kind of negotiation technique can backfire on somebody. But I guess uh, Ed figured, well, you can't do the show without Al Bundy. And I am Al Bundy. So it worked Well, out the nice office thing. carried on without Michael Scott. But I got to admit, it wasn't very good. <laughs> yeah. All right. The second story is, Jake, do you know a lot of people who are on a diet? Uh, I guess. It seems as though that we hear a lot about people dieting from time to time. And this would drive my daughters crazy because they're, they're in, two of them are food scientists and, uh, and a number of them are into fitness and uh, how to properly train and all that sort of thing. And they, they hate the word diet. You can't use the word diet around uh, our house. And mostly, many experts say that it, it usually doesn't work. That you need you need a lifestyle change in order to. to, to keep what about off. in a sense of I need to improve my diet? Yeah, I mean, but yeah, exactly, because that's a lifestyle change. But that, those uh, with, it, those wouldn't be dirty words then. No, probably not. Oh, okay. You can you. Can, <laughs> yeah, it's all in the in the terms you choose. But apparently, more people are on diets now than ever before. And uh, weight problems in America are are going up uh, by substantial percentages. So isn't that interesting? You would think that it would be the other way around, right? But it's it's not. Apparently, it's not working. Did I, uh, and, I have I ever told you the the story? And I'm I'm sure you'll be able to one up it. But uh, about uh, my uncle uh, and Atkins. No, tell me. So my uncle had this uh, uh, beagle dog named Buddy. And my uncle... Uh, back Buddy in the, the Beagle. Buddy the Beagle. And back in the early 2000s, uh, my uncle decided to give Atkins a whirl. And it worked for him. It, it did. He, he lost a bunch of weight. And so Buddy was a little portly. And so my uncle thought, hey, I'll put Buddy on Atkins right alongside uh, of me. So let me tell you, Buddy. <laughs> do you remember the Atkins diet, diet Gordon? It was like, it was like the all-steak yeah. and bacon diet. <laughs> you know, and so Buddy was loving, loving life. I'm telling you what, eating bacon and, and steak and meat every meal, you know, three times a day. Buddy was living the dream. And it wasn't until Buddy's stomach was dragging literally on the ground <laughs> that my uncle thought, you know what? Maybe this, not be working. maybe this isn't a good diet for dogs. <laughs> Buddy the Beagle. Living was the dragging his gut across the floor. I've got. I. I, I won't get into all this story, but uh, that that was the unkillable dog. That dog should have died like ten times in his life and just kept on going. 
How long did he last? Oh, he had to be like 15 or 16. Oh, really? And I mean, I, I won't get into all the ways that he, he uh, skirted death, but one of them on top of the Atkins diet was he was attacked by a Dern mountain lion. Oh, really? Yeah. He got a, my uncle lived in Missoula and he got a buddy got out at some point and my uncle in the morning goes out to get the newspaper, you know, and there's buddy sitting on the, the front stoop with a big old chunk out of his backside. And so they, wow. they, buddy's bleeding and they hurry buddy to the vet and, and the veterinarian's like, yeah, buddy, buddy met a mountain lion Oof. and buddy survived. Unkillable maybe, dog, man. Maybe, Shout out to buddy, maybe, the beagle. Maybe the mountain lion didn't like the taste of bacon. <laughs> tell you buddy was buddy loved loved atkins buddy loved that diet all right stay tuned we've got bowler coming up next 97.5 and 1280 of the zone